0: Welcome to Live from Size Lounge, weekly conversations with alumni of Iowa State University. At the ISU Alumni Association, we strive to facilitate the lifetime connection of cyclones everywhere, communicating, connecting, and celebrating cyclone pride. This series is made possible thanks to the more than 43,000 members of the Alumni Association. If you are interested in staying connected to the university and receiving all the benefits and services of being a member, visit isualum.org to learn more. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Live from Beside's Lounge. My name is Matt Van Winkle with the ISU Alumni Association. Well, before we bring on our guest today, I'm sure most of you probably already know by now, but the Iowa State football team is in the Big 12 championship game next Saturday against Oklahoma. We wanna let you know that you can get your very own Big 12 championship t-shirt in our online alumni store right now in black or red, as you can see on screen there. Uh, Just go to memberstore.isualum.org to place your order today. Again, Big 12 championship t-shirts available in our online alumni store, memberstore.isualum.org. Today, we are excited to be joined by Jason Walsmith. Jason is a 1996 Iowa State graduate with a degree in anthropology. Most of you may know Jason from his band, The Natas, which have been recording and performing for nearly 27 years. The Natas originated in 1993 when Jason and bandmate Mike, but- Mike Butterworth were students at Iowa State. The two learned songs off a mixtape and harmonized in the stairwell of a fraternity just off campus. Since then, the band has toured the country and performed with the Beach Boys, Bon Jovi and Huey Lewis. They released their 12th studio album titled Duo Numero Uno. Say that 10 times fast. Duo Numero Uno earlier this year and have a new Christmas record coming out next week. So please help me welcome Jason Wallsmith to Live from Size Lounge. Hey, Jason, how are you? Morning. How's it going? doing really well so where where are you joining us from today you got an interesting backdrop
1: I am in my van uh, I played in Cresco Iowa at an opera house last night I'm doing a little um, virtual solo tour of historic opera houses for the next couple months and so I had my first one last night so I'm on my way home and I pulled over to do this uh, to do this live stream so thanks for having me So, so Jason, I want to, I want to step back to
0: the the early 1990s when you were a student here at Iowa state, what did you
1: enjoy most about college here? Um, So let's see, do me a favor and throw that, throw that question in the chat real quick. And, um, um, I don't know if you can do that and I will, I will pull my phone off here just like I did last time, but I tried that. Can you hear me now? No, I tried that while you were doing your intro, and it didn't really make a difference. So no worries.
0: I threw people going for a wild ride here. That's right. (laughs) It's it's Um, on you now.
1: All right. I threw that. Yeah. What did I What did I enjoy about ISU? All right. This will work, you know. Yeah. Um, I loved ISU. Uh, I started there. um, Let's see, fall of '92, and um, you know, I loved the campus. I loved the town. I loved my, uh, my professors and kind of just the opportunity that it uh, afforded me to like chase things I was interested in and um, um, I had a great experience first working for the yearbook and then working for the ISU daily, which I still think is one of the best newspapers I've ever um, read or been a part of i think it it was and probably still is a great newspaper it had great advisors and great staff and some really talented people who have gone on to do really exciting things in the field of journalism and sometimes outside of the field of journalism but because of those days at at the daily so that's one of the things i enjoyed um yeah it was just a great place to to go to school and kind of discover myself so um
0: how did you first meet your former or I guess your current bandmate, your former classmate at Iowa State, Mike Butterworth. How did you guys kind of meet and start the Nadas back in the 90s?
1: So, um, I had a band, um, that kind of came with me to school and it was a band that didn't have name or any songs or any gigs. It just had a bunch of people who liked to play music and we needed a guitar player. So we kind of put the word out that we were looking for a guitar player and, um, we heard about Mike and Mike heard we were looking for a guitar player. I don't, I can't even tell you if we had a mutual friend. All I know is it it made its way through the grapevine. Mike auditioned for the band, the band that didn't have a name and didn't have any songs and didn't have any gigs. And so we gave him the, the uh, guitar player part and he joined the band and then everybody else in the band just sort of disappeared and went on, lost interest. And so that left he and I, and, um, we started by like, um I had been given a, a mixtape from from a friend that had a bunch of good songs on it and we started by learning those songs and and uh Mike brought some some covers that he liked and we started learning those and then we kind of ran out of cover songs and at the time we thought it would be just easier to write some songs than it would be to learn some new some others so we started writing songs and uh never looked back I guess
0: Yeah so you mentioned you working for the daily and writing as a passion for yours. Where does that that music background, that storytelling passion come from for you?
1: Yeah, I I have I've always been a photographer since I was a little kid. My dad was a photographer, my my grandpas were into cameras and uh, my one grandpa worked for Kodak. And so I kind of grew up as a photographer. And I also grew up as like a choir boy, you know, doing church choirs and, and school choirs and show choir and things. So those, those kind of things were in parallel for me and, um, and getting to Iowa state and, um, starting taking those classes and then getting into the journalism world. Uh, I, I, I kind of think the storytelling was just always a part of who I was. And so the, you know, coming to college and, and learning that there were outlets and professions related to that, um, was kind of important. So, um, you know, the photography and the music have always been a parallel world for me. And they've gone hand in hand. And with regardless of which of those two sort of tasks I'm doing, I'm always storytelling. And I kind of just think of them as, as different tools for the same objective. So, yeah, Very cool.
0: So this has been a crazy year, as we all know, during the pandemic. You've been traveling and playing in backyards. We see some pictures right now. All across the country, you're calling it the I'll Play Anywhere Man Tour. Tell us about how this idea came about and what this whole experience has been like for you these past few months.
1: Yeah, well, we, um, you know, we like everyone was were sort of locked at home for a while and uh, on lockdown. And, and it was really the longest I had ever been home as an adult, you know, since since college. I mean, even in college, we started touring. As the nadas and playing all over the place, so um, this that quarantine period was like the longest I'd ever been in one place for my in my adult life, and so I just got kind of antsy to be honest, and and I did I did feel like there was a need, you know, like there that it was something that people were missing. Um, I did a lot of streaming from home, and that's that was really cool and really rewarding, and I think and I think it um, you know served that purpose to an extent but i just really wanted to get out on the road and i knew that we could do it in you know a safe responsible we weren't trying to like you know um we weren't deniers or anything <laughs> we we were trying to like follow cdc guidelines but i thought there was a way we could work around it so we just like looked at the rules made a plan and my wife emma was like if you um if we find a a vehicle that we can travel self-contained so we don't have to fly, we don't have to stay in hotels, really don't have to eat at restaurants necessarily. Um, don't even really have to use, you know, kind of at the beginning, I think we were all a little worried about even using public restrooms and things. So we just decided we would find this vehicle to, to be self-contained. And I'd had so many banned vehicles over the years. Um, and, uh, I mean, including, you know, like a 77 camper van was one of our first ones. And uh, all the way up to Meatloaf's old tour bus that had three million miles. So we traveled in a tour bus for over a decade, but I had so many, I knew exactly what I wanted. And at the same time, we were, we were getting rid of the band vans that we were currently using because we knew we wouldn't be traveling as a band for a while. We didn't need the overhead. So that kind of created this opportunity. And for a long time, I've been going by Jason Wilsmith Storyteller as kind of my, my side gig and we found this van company called Storyteller Overland and it just, all the pieces of the puzzle just kind of came together. We we found it, um, We I had done a ton of research on what was out there. This one did everything right and really gave us this freedom to travel self-contained in a, in a safe, responsible way.
0: Very cool. Well, uh, just like you've been doing on this tour, I thought it would be kind of fun to have you play a few songs for us. So I know you had one in mind that you wanted to play.
1: Yeah, Matt, your audio's back. Perfect. Oh, sweet, awesome, great. (laughs) (laughs) But that doesn't mean keep typing those in just in case. So, yeah. So I thought I would. uh, I thought I'd play this camper van song. This this whole experience of being in this storyteller, uh, being a storyteller in this storyteller um, camper van has been really inspiring. And uh, like you said, I've been traveling around. We've done thirty thousand miles since July first. Wow. So we've been That's coast great. to coast, and um, one of the things when we were going to the up mm-hmm. to the Pacific Northwest, I sat down, kind of in an old school way, with an atlas and a piece of paper and a pen, and started kind of plotting out the route that we would take and what we could see along the way, and you know what what we, you know what roads we could get off of the main roads and and kind of take back roads and mm-hmm. things, and so in doing that, it felt like writing a song so much so that I. I also got my guitar and I sat there with the Atlas piece, paper, pen, guitar, plotted a route and wrote this song. So this is called Camper Van. And when I started writing the song, I got so excited, I thought I could write about the whole country. And then I realized about four minutes in, I had just made it to like one part and back. So this is Camper Van one. And I'm hoping that I'll get to uh, some sequels here. Awesome. Jason Wallsmith, take it
0: away.
2: Hours to the Black Hills Mountains, past the turtle buttes, and we're still counting the signs. To the wall drugstore, playing stone faced with crazy horse. Seven hours to Yellowstone. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam. Gonna stand where Custer last stood, making my peace while knocking on. wood. I'm gonna drive my camper van. I'm gonna cruise across the land on the road less travel then gonna drive my camper van only 45 miles and it's all two lanes across idaho via be a on the way back home we'll take the southern route along the snake river like you wanted to four more to puget sound nephews growing by leaps and bounds stay a few days just to rest our bones stop an Oregon on the way back home i'm gonna drive my camper van i'm gonna cruise across the land on the road less travel then gonna drive my camper van Rose in my way Are you going my way? Slow head south on the one oh one stop in Forest Grove, let it come undone. Head back east to the Great Salt Lake, taking our time while there's time to take. Four hours to the Great Divide now it's all downhill, I'm gonna let it slide. Stop at home just to wash our clothes, pack it up again and we hit the road. I'm gonna drive my camper van. I'm gonna cruise across the land on the road. Let's travel then. Gonna drive my camper van. Gonna drive my camper. Drive my oh, thank you! It's nice to hear awesome. real
1: applause.
0: Hey, I was gonna say, do you miss the sound of a, a large crowd and applause?
1: And I do, you know, but, <laughs> I know been... but I'm feeling the love with hearts and thumbs and likes right. and shares. So hey, this right. is—I just realized—it's an opportunity. This is a, a book called Blue Highways, which is where that line from that song came. Oh, cool!
0: To so help. How- <laughs> How long did it take you to write that one when you're on the road?
1: Uh, So actually I was, I was sitting at my kitchen table at home, planning that route through South Dakota up to Seattle and back. Um, so it was before I even left and I, and I wrote it like in one sitting at that kitchen table there, just kind of working from the Atlas to the, I have a big like us map on the wall that I always look at, you know, thinking about where I want to go and, uh, sitting there at the table and I don't know, took one sitting. It's taken me a lot longer to write the, the, the sequels, though I haven't gotten those done yet.
0: Timmy, Timmy's uh, commenting in the, in the comments, clapping for you. So so we know um, they're coming in. We know they're coming thank in. Thank you, Timmy. Uh, can we take a couple of questions? we got a few coming in on Facebook. Absolutely. Um, Brian wants to know, um, I'm guessing, I don't know, is this the name of one of the NADA songs, Carve Your Name, what, the inspiration for this
1: song? It is. And I think Brian knows this, is, this might be a rhetorical question that he just wants us to share, which is very cool. Hey B man, nice <laughs> to see you. Uh, Brian is a an ISU alum that comes oh, to see us awesome. in yeah. Colorado all the time, and yeah. we play a place out there called the Little Bear, which is like a, um, it's like an old west saloon up in the mountains a little ways in the, in the town of Evergreen, and every square inch of the place is covered with carvings of of people's names and hearts and you know dates and things, and weirdly it's like this little ISU oasis in the middle of Colorado. There's There's a SciRide sign on the wall by the bar. (laughs) There's um, there's ISU dorm signs and there's street signs from Ames and all over Iowa, actually. So
0: that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, we have a great uh, Denver club uh, out there in Colorado. They're very active and uh, love seeing what they do. Yeah. A lot of Iowa State representation out there out west. So Uh, one more question. Yeah. Uh, Kate wants to know what's been your favorite place that you've visited during this 2020 experience? Most memorable maybe.
1: Oh man, I am such a bad, I need to like talk to a, a therapist about favorites or something because I am so bad at favorites. And it's because I have so many that I don't ever feel like I can uh, pick one. But um, on that trip that I just mentioned, um, we stopped in Spearfish, South Dakota, which I'd never been to before. And I have a city campground with a river running through it and walking distance from like a coffee shop and a little health food store and little boutiques and stuff. And that was really cool. Um, We also stopped on that trip in Montana on uh, an old acquaintance. Uh, someone I hadn't been in touch with for years, but he heard about this tour, and I stopped on his uh, his cattle ranch in the middle of Montana and and uh, spent the night out in the, in the middle of this pasture that was like so big you couldn't see the edges of it, you know. And uh, so I don't know. There's there's a couple. I'm horrible at favorites. I'm working yeah. on it. <laughs>
0: cool. Well, I've, you've been touring and playing this long. I'm sure you've got a lot of songs that you might call your favorites, your babies, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, Jason, I'm curious with with the, how this past year has gone with musicians. And it, we, we've seen a lot of people, you included, doing you know, live streams like this on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever. But it's not the same as being in person for a concert. I'm, I'm just curious what you think the future of live performances are with large crowds, obviously with the vaccine coming in the next few months. And um, you know where do you see the future of people gathering for concerts and performances in large groups and how musicians might adapt to that?
1: Yeah, well, I'm not uh, I don't know that I'm an expert in that, but I I have total faith that that we're going to get back to a normal. And I actually I have optimism that I think it might even be different because, um, you know, for a while there we got to the point where there's just so much content out there and, and so many options and um, and, you know, chairs have gotten more comfortable and, and TVs have gotten bigger and cheaper. And, uh, people, people spend more time, you know, kind of in the comfort of their own home. But I feel like maybe one of the byproducts of this, of this time that everybody has a little bit more time to sort of be introspective is, is, uh, sort of the value of kind of creative expression. I feel like it's played an important, at least in my observation along this time, there have been, um, it's played kind of a more important role, even for me as a fan, as a listener, as a reader, as a, you know, I feel like this has given us time to remember the role that played in our sort of growth over time. So I'm hopeful. I think I dug a little deeper there than you want to. I'm hopeful that when we get back to uh, the time where people can kind of go out and intermingle without fear,
2: yeah.
1: um, that there'll be sort of a hunger for it and people will be really excited to go out and and see live music again and i and i think they appreciate it more and they know there's a value in it and they know they're responsible as fans as listeners as consumers they're responsible for its future you know i I say that as a as an artist but as a part of a, a culture and a community i think there's a better understanding of of fans and listeners roles in the future of that art so,
0: and this video is your band, the Nott, is playing. This looks like at the uh Nightfall on the River, right down, down in Des Moines.
1: Yeah, that was at the Brenton Skate Plaza uh, yeah. venue, um, a couple of years ago. Yeah,
0: that was a that was pre beard. I see.
1: <laughs> well, I'm a winter beard guy. Oh,
0: okay, you so, yeah, sense. cool. I bet I bet you miss playing for playing with these guys on the big stage, though, don't you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we've actually been working on a record. So we've been, we've been seeing each other a little bit. We've been in the studio all masked up except for when we're seeing and, uh, it's a Christmas record that actually comes out next Tuesday. So right. we've, we've had a few original Christmas songs over the years. And then we always do this annual, not a silent night show. And since we can't do the show this year, we're releasing a record and we've got a few new originals on there and things like that. Very cool.
0: Um, yeah. Tell us about this, not a silent night. I know you guys have been doing this for a while. Um, how did that kind of start? And where where do you tell us a little bit more about this Christmas album?
1: And I can't even tell you, I, I think we're on maybe year 15, 16, something like that. Um, it started, uh, we had this manager for a while out in Los Angeles that, uh, he was like an LA guy and he was kind of jaded and, and, uh, he was grizzled a little bit. But he had this soft spot where he was, he had like a soft spot for the holidays. And he was like, you guys should really do, you know, a holiday event that gives back to the community a little bit. And we hadn't thought of it. It was his idea. And he came, you know, like he came here for it and helped us kind of develop it. So when we first started doing it, we did it at Hoyt Sherman Place in Des Moines, which is a beautiful, historic venue and uh, partnered with KCCI TV and Star 102.5, I think back at, at that time and it was a toy drive for Toys for Tots, and it was epic. And so for a decade or so, we did it at Hoyt Sherman. Um, and then, I don't know, I don't even remember what it was, various circumstances led us to move it away. And we, we tried a few different venues, did a few times at Woolies. And, yeah. But it, it's a very different sort of show, which is fun for us since we've played here for so long. And, you know, so many shows, it's nice to have shows that sort of mix it up and change expectations a little bit. And so it becomes sort of a listening, everybody's got, you know, they're on their best behavior, and dressed up a little bit for the holidays, and they know they're there for a good cause. And uh, so it's been, it's been an awesome thing that we've done for so many years. The last couple years we've done it at uh, Franklin Junior High in Des Moines, which is a unique venue. Um, that used to be junior high school. And so you're playing in the auditorium. We've kind of had this school theme, which is by incidentally where we're recording this holiday record. So, there you go.
0: Well, um, Brian is asking for an encore, which we will give you an encore. Uh, but <laughs> let's, let's introduce the song you're gonna play. Cause I know uh, we're talking about the Christmas album now and I know you guys have been working on a song called Better Times Ahead. Tell us about what that song's all about.
1: Yeah, well, this is a new one. And so it's sort of timely for, for what's going on these days and uh, it came about because we were in the studio and we had you know we had kind of all the songs picked out um, it felt like we needed a couple more and we weren't sure what they were gonna be and we were we had done a lot of the basic tracks and we weren't sure what I don't know we were just kind of at the stall point where we weren't sure what we should start next and everybody was there and I said let's write a new song you know what should we write about and so our, our bass player Brian Duffy our drummer brandon stone mike butterworth of course and our sound guy jerry floyd they were all there and and everybody just kind of started throwing out ideas and obviously with what's going on in the world it felt like uh felt like a weird holiday season and so that was kind of the theme and then we wanted to be optimistic and and full of hope and so so that's what i think we i think that's what we accomplished and it's pretty unique this is the only song we've ever all worked on like this and there's um you know there's a i don't want to give away a Oh, I'll tell you a little bit more at the end of it.
0: Awesome, Jason Wallsmith from the Nadas, take it away.
1: All right.
2: It's Christmas time again. Time with our family and friends. And everybody's trying to get back home. This year has been so long, it's almost over and gone, and everybody's tired of being alone. next year there's better times ahead for all our best laid plans it's never really in our hands and all our good intentions just make god laugh Come to the table in a different way Pass kindness with a side of faith An extra heaping helping of love and grace next year there's better times ahead if this wasn't just a christmas song would we sing it all year long when we light the sky on the fourth of july Still a wonderful life. The bells are ringing loud and bright. And it's always showing in Bedford Falls. So raise your glass and toast the pack. Here's the next year, there's better times ahead. Here's the next year,
1: there's better
2: times ahead. It's Christmas time again.
0: Hey, that was awesome. I think that song could relate anytime. It's not just a Christmas. song, There you go. Song, so that's right? what
1: I, that was the story I was gonna say. Like as we were writing it, our bass player Ryan <laughs> Duffy was like, "Why don't we just write this as a regular song? This doesn't need to be a Christmas song." And he's like, "We could play it on the Fourth of July." And I was like, "Well, why don't we just make that a verse?" So that's that's like the whatever it is, Perfect. the third verse. And we probably will play it on the Fourth of July. That's awesome. Christmas and the Fourth of July. <laughs>
0: Cool. Love that song. That's a great one. Better times ahead. It's on the new Nada's Christmas, Christmas album. Tell us a little bit about the album and where people can find it and uh, uh, when it's available.
1: Okay. Yeah. So the, the, we're calling the record, uh, not a silent night since it's sort of taking the place of that annual concert. Um, it's also parentheses, a future classic Christmas album. Um, we'll see about that. And that song is on iTunes and Spotify and all those places right now. Um, It's also available on our website and uh, as a pre-sale. So the whole record comes out next Tuesday on our website, thananas.com. And you can go download it, but you can also go to the website and just play that song right now. Um, Just stream it right from their website, so.
0: cool. Jason, one last question for you before we wrap up. You know, Iowa State graduates, yourself included, are using their degrees to make their communities, Iowa and the world, a better place. How do you feel you've been able to make an impact through the work you're doing as a musician,
1: well, I guess I try not to wonder whether I'm making an impact too much, but sure. um, but I, you know, I hope that I am. I think just you know, telling these stories, singing these songs, brings a little bit of uh, happiness and levity to people and, and enjoyment, and maybe takes their mind off something, or maybe makes them think about something different. Um, but I don't know, I. I just do what I do. I think that, uh, you know, relating it to Iowa State, my degree is in anthropology, which is, you know, the study of people and culture and and really, like, developed me as a storyteller. And I think the, the, the first part about being a storyteller is just, you know, listening and observing and learning. And so I've always had that curiosity and that interest in doing so. And I think it gives me, makes me approach the whole job a little differently beyond just the writing of the songs, which is the which is the observation and the, and the ingesting, and then, and then developing into something part, but really um, kind of the whole, like, for instance, I'm doing this opera house tour now, playing all these historic opera houses of Iowa. And I, I don't know that I would be even interested in that otherwise, um, because part of it for me is to be able to tell the story of this opera house and of these small towns and, you know, why they exist. And, and so it brings a whole nother level of sort of, content to the product. I don't know, to make it be really uh, yeah business oriented here. Um, so like last night I I live streamed the show, but I started with, uh, an interview of the, of the manager of the theater and got a little bit about the history and who did the restoration and, you know, like the kinds of the shows they put on from vaudeville to silent movies and all those things. And I don't know. So that's, to me, that's part of like that, that curiosity and, and, uh, interest that was instilled in me by by my time at Iowa State. So
0: cool. And people can find more about those shows on your website as well.
1: Yeah, so I have a solo website jasonwallsmith.com and it's on there it talks about my photography career and I do some public speaking and it talks about my solo shows and specifically this Opera House tour and uh I've got it's a it's just a five show virtual tour for the next couple months so there's four shows left and um, there's information on there and you can get tickets at tickly.co, um, tickly.co slash Jason This is a lot, there's a lot of web addresses for you right now, isn't it? That's uh, and, and one more, you can follow along this camper van adventure at Falcorvan van on Instagram. If you're, uh, if you're an Instagram user, it's at Falcorvan, F-A-L-K-O-R-V-A-N. Uh, that's where we post most of our content from the road.
0: Perfect. Jason, thanks so much for joining me today and for partnering with the Alumni Association for this fun uh, conversation and concert as well.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate it. Go Cyclones. It. Well, go Cyclones. <laughs> be, be safe on the road, all right? All right, appreciate it. All right, that is Jason Wallsmith, musician. Uh, you hear him from the band The Knot as they got a Christmas album coming out. Uh, check that out as well. Before we go, we want to remind you, well, actually not a reminder, we're announcing this. Uh, we're excited to announce next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time, we'll be bringing you a special live championship power hour event. Join me, ISUAA president and CEO, Jeff Johnson, and some special guests as we celebrate this special Iowa State football season ahead of Saturday's Big 12 championship game in Arlington, Texas. Again, that is next Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube. That's it from Size Lounge. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week for some special power hour. Go Cyclones!